Welcome to the Millerites Indicator, your resource for everything 2158. Here we are dedicated to answering all questions regarding the union trade. I'm your host, Jeremy Stevens, here at the lovely 2158 Studios in big, beautiful Bettendorf, Iowa. I'm joined today by Richard Kajeski. He is the Public Affairs Director for the North Central States and Regional Council out of the Twin Cities. That's correct, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm glad you guys made the trip. How long was the drive again? Uh, about six hours from my house. Hear that? Six hours just to come talk to me. Amazing. It was, it'll be worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope I don't let you down. Never. And across the table, I have Mr. Sean Coates, who's a business rep for the uh, North Central States Regional Council as well. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate Again, thank it. you guys for coming down. This is going to be a great interview. We're going to get some different perspectives. We're going to get out of the uh, apprenticeship phase as far as trying to bring people in, and we just want to kind of maybe let you know how things are going across the country. This is the first chance that I've actually been able to speak with somebody from a different council. So it's going to be interesting to see what you guys have to say and what's going on up there in the, in the Minnesota. First, how big is your council? How big is your swath? Uh, we cover six states, so... Uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and pretty much the biggest chunk of Iowa. Are you a business representative just for the millwrights or the UBC in general? Uh, good question. So, you know, we we represent all members when it really comes down to it, but we have our core areas. So I, I represent millwrights and pile drivers out of my local 2337 in Milwaukee. Uh, but, you know, any any member that needs needs help or needs information from us, whatever way we can help out. That's what they're, we're here for. As a business representative, what is more of your day-to-day uh, tasks? What's, what's the main thing that you are after? Uh, I think the main thing is, however, we can increase that market share, but it really, it really spiders from that. And, uh, you know, a day-to-day task, you know, say I'm looking to go check out some job sites or future job sites, um, that can take a, a real hard right turn with one phone call, whether it's manning a job or a member that, that just needs help with something, um, you know, whether it's back wages or something personal in their life. It, uh, the, the day, whatever I expect the day to be, it's going to change. I guarantee it. <laughs> can we elaborate just a little bit on market share? Now, what's, uh, what do you mean by market share? Yeah, that's a great question. So, Market share, uh, you can look at it as, as a whole union market share versus non-union market share. Um, in my area, when you look at the, the millwright market share, we can, we can dice that up even, even more. You can look at what, what percentage of union um, contractors are getting work in food plants versus um, the, the power generation side of things. Power generation would pretty much own the market food plants, you're going to start getting down more to like 60%. And then the remainder out of that, you can dice that up even between non-union or uh, plants that are self-performing their work with their own in-house mill rights that maybe, you know, in the future we can exploit that market and try to, you know, show some value to the, the customers that we could be doing some of that work and take that off of their plate. Awesome. So I hope that kind of answers it. No, it, it does. It does. And that's, you know, when you hear the term market share, not everybody's 100% sure, you know. So what we're trying to do is when we assume the market, we're talking about people that need work performed. Yep. And we try and hit that 70%, uh, you know, try and get 70% of the people to go union, essentially. Um, and I know here at 2158, we try and gain that market share hugely with our apprenticeship. Uh, we like to bring people in and show them the things that we're doing, the things that we're changing, how we are actually training our millwrights hands-on, one-on-one, to be able to uh, come in and fulfill every need 
than anybody would need as far as uh, maintenance, um, breakdowns, it to expansions. So it's just it's a great ability to be able to bring people through our training center and express to them how we have the most up to date technical, you know, technically and uh, safety oriented is a huge thing as well. You know, our safety curriculum changes twice as twice a year. Every time the new OSHA update comes out, we comply. So that's a huge thing that we can get to leverage that market share under our side. So that's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's great. We have a lot of different uh, locations where we train millwrights in North Central States, Regional Council, Carpenters as well. I think it's important that people from around the council, around our six-state area, around the country for that matter, understand that if you're interested in that kind of work, whether it's uh, working in a uh, with windmills versus working in nuclear plants and every piece of big machinery in between, uh, we do the training here for millwrights. And if that's something that interests people, they should reach out to the Carpenters Union, uh, regardless of their location, and let someone know because you get the training from A to Z here, and it's a good career. It provides a good future, good retirement. It's a good way to, to support your family, and it's a good opportunity for people out there. It's amazing the opportunities that you can have without having the overhead of a four-year school. Um, and not only the overhead, the four-year school is a very general deal. You know, it, we streamline everything from our math classes. You're never going to have the question of when am I going to use this. It's more like that's what that guy was doing last week. Now I understand. You know, it's very straightforward. It, we cut the fluff. You know, this is what you got to have. This is what you got to need. This is where we're at. This is where we use it. And it, it just mainstreams everything down to not only a practical use, but an ease. Um, you know, like I said, we cut all the fluff out. We show you exactly what we need to have you do, how to be able to apply it, and uh, some shortcuts along the way. Yeah, it's everything you need to go out in the field and do the work. Very, very, very much so. How long of an apprenticeship are you guys having up there? Uh, it's a little over four years. So about four and a half years for the, the mill rights. And more, you know, maybe people don't know that the UBC itself encompasses many trades more than just the just the carpenters. Obviously, the millwrights as well, but we also have the pile drivers. Yep. Uh, what are some of the things that a pile driver might be do or might be found doing? So our pile drivers, I mean, they're they're experts with foundation. So whether it's um, setting the foundation for a bridge to be built, or you know, we we did uh, the Pfizer Forum, the Bucks Arena in Milwaukee, that all needed to be on, uh, on pipe piling, on cam piling. So they, they go through and they set that foundation so the building's not going to sink, the bridge isn't going to sink, or even beyond that, some soil retention. If they're uh, setting sheet piling, maybe it's just for a structure to be able to dig down and start that foundation and build, or maybe it's along a waterfront to keep the soil from eroding. Um, and then it, it can go beyond that. We have pile driving divers that are um, getting into some of the marine work and they're, they're getting down to either set foundations in, in the water, do underwater welding, and sometimes uh, some inspection of bridges or, or any structure that might be in the water. Man, it, the UBC has so many crazy facets, things that you would never ever think of being associated with the United Brotherhood of Carpenters. It's, it's amazing. It's very cool. It's it interests the heck out of me. I would uh, I would like to just walk through one of them pile driver job sites just because every time you drive by, it's just it's it's odd. There's cranes. There's piles of steel. There's it's organized chaos is what it looks like. And yeah. it's just next thing you know, blink of an eye, they're out of there and everything's perfect. But they're the ones who start that job. They make sure a lot of the safety on that work site is dependent on pile drivers and the work that they do on the front side of that job. 
Um, so they play a real critical role in the infrastructure that we see. Do you have know roughly how many members you have out of that region? Yeah, 300 total members, um, 50 of which are, are pile drivers, and the rest would be millwrights. Now, is is that out? Of, is that your immediate local, or is that's my immediate okay, local? I got you. So beyond that, um, as far as total members, uh, we have twenty eight thousand members in our council. Uh, I don't know the exact breakdown for millwrights versus carpenters versus pile drivers, but I would tell you that uh, the field of millwrights, uh, specifically and pile drivers for that matter, uh, they're in need of workers uh, now. This is a good good market to be in, uh, and if people are interested, th- this is the time. We don't see a, a downswing coming anytime real soon. One of my favorite things to be able to preach <clears throat> about the millwrights in general is not only we're, we are not de- dependent on new construction as heavily as other trades. Um, maintenance is a huge part of our of our industry. If you have one facility that has one line in eight hours produces over a million dollars of product, we need that thing to be efficient. And it, people don't realize that that's some of the things that we do is we focus on efficiencies. Now we can take rotating equipment and make it, you know, if it rotates easier as far as on the equipment itself, you know, you're going to have bearings lasting longer. You're going to have less um, electrical draws and be able to improve the bottom dollar of these companies, which is essentially what they're, what we're out there for. Yeah. If you drive around with a carpenter, you're going to hear a lot of, I built that, I built that. And they're going to point out all sorts of different structures. You drive around with a millwright and they're going to say, we moved an MRI into that hospital. We, you know, set up a, a conveyor system in that building. We tore out that line and we rebuilt this machine. You're going to hear a lot of stuff that's behind closed doors. So that's that's the biggest difference between, you know, our trade and a lot of the other trades. We're doing stuff that people rarely ever see. Um, some things are, are proprietary to the customer and we're not going to, your general public is not going to get in there and, and see how they build their widget. Uh, but we are. We're going to know how it how it's made and um, what it takes to to maintain that. When you look, when you consider the general public, everyone's dependent on energy. So whether it's wind, uh, whether it's the power plant, whether it's a refinery, uh, without millwrights, those things would not be operable. And it, that's a simple way of putting it. I mean, our lives are dependent on that stuff, and millwrights are a major part of what keeps those things operating on a day to day basis. So a stat that was told to me was nationwide we were roughly 5 to 10% short on millwrights, which means that the time is booming. I mean, millwrights are improving things at a breakneck speed. We have so much work going on, even here locally in the Quad Cities, that we're running into not having near enough people in order to be able to get some of these jobs fulfilled. Are you noticing the same up your way? Yeah, absolutely. And um, something that was said to me a while back was that you know, we need to we need to have a good reserve on our auto work list, which as a business representative, it's, you know, I, I work with these people, I, I work with their livelihood and our members, you know, they're, they're my brothers and sisters. So to, to tell them, yeah, I want, you know, 10% of you to be on the auto work list, it's kind of a, a little bit of a pucker factor, to be honest, but it, it makes sense because when the market does swing and it always is, but when it swings our way, that list gets annihilated and we have nobody left and then we're reaching out to other locals like 2158 or locals within our council and uh, we're exhausting our resources and it seems like that happens over and over again we just when i think that we have enough people it's it's three phone calls in a day and i'm wiped out again and you know trying to trying to reach out through all the resources that i have 
here locally, we run into the problem of not having enough people, which is where we talk about having that uh, your out of work list. Um, it's great to hear that your out of work list. There's nobody on it. That means everybody's working. The problem is, is we have we're already at 100% capacity. We don't have room for 110%. You know, and it's hard to gain that market share, that 70% value, if we're limited, if we can't grow our local market ourselves. So it takes each local in order to be able to absorb a little bit more work and a little bit more work and a little bit more work to actually gain that 70% of the pie that we're after. Yeah, it's so important for our contractors. They're going to call around when they're bidding a large project, and they're going to call business reps of that area and ask them, what's your out-of-work list look like? And that's going to change their outlook on bidding that project. So we need to be able to tell them, we have no problem, we'll man the job. And, and we do. I mean, to this day, I don't know a single project that hasn't been manned in our area. We come up with a way to do it. Uh, you know, to provide that, that workforce. But, uh, you know, they, that can definitely change how a contractor is bidding that project. I can definitely understand that. Let's talk a little bit about the different regions. What percentage do you think that you find yourselves in the electrical industry, uh, power generation? Yeah, probably for our mill rights, um, it's, it's a good 40%. It used to be a little bit more. Um, one of our plants, uh, Pleasant Prairie Power Plant, has, has shut down, and I believe Presque Isle, up a little further north of us, they also shut down. So uh, it's no secret what's happening with coal out there. But with that, they're bolstering up some of the peaker units, some of the, the gas units that are um, small units around the, around the area. So uh, they've just had some upgrades to that, which kept our people busy. But yeah, I'd say 40% of the work comes out of the power generation side of things. One reason that I like to use power generation is because it's everywhere. Um, here in the in the Quad Cities, we're very fortunate because we have, we have car plants um, in our jurisdiction. We have, of course, electrical facilities, uh, water plants, all these different things that you can find where other places of the country might not have, you know, they might not have Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is the largest grain handling facility in North America, which is right at our fingertips. You know, that uh, keeps us fed very well. But not everybody has that thing. So one thing that I like to ask is about the electrical trade or the electrical generation trade, rather, is because it's everywhere. And it likes, I like to see just how much of that work that we are getting because that, I feel, is a direct reflection of how we are doing. So it's 40% of our, our total work in our area for the mill rights. But as far as Union versus non-union, hundred percent. Hundred percent in our. So in our they area. they come yeah. right to the pros. Yep. So one thing I'll I'll add to that with the uh, with market share, and I, I mentioned, you know, coal. There's some challenges for coal in the future, but especially in the millwright market, there's so many opportunities for that workforce to not only work in the same type of market. Uh, on the uh, the distribution side of things, we have Amazon's popping up everywhere around the country. Uh, one of them in particular in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, they're uh, about ready to start putting in, in some equipment there. I know Beloit will be soon following. Um, we we have a, a, a big challenge ahead of us of getting that type of work. We have not had a lot of it for the union. So um, the more that we prove the value to the customer of what we do, and then uh you know, hopefully we expand that market share. So if somebody was normally working in power plants and working in a coal plant, like I said, Pleasant Prairie shut down and there's a there's a distribution center in Pleasant Prairie. So somebody might not be going too far from home, but just working with uh, a lot less tools <laughs> and uh, working in a, in a nice 
climate controlled environment. So sure, there's definitely some uh, some upsides to it. Absolutely, absolutely. I noticed that we're, we're having Amazon coming through as well, and uh, we were getting a, just tiny little pieces of it, but we're able to gain on that. It's more than what we had, and we're looking at more than what we have. So Amazon's a great thing to be able to talk about because, like you said, they are coming up everywhere, and it's interesting to see just how much of it we are getting out of that. So that's 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 great to see. Richard, what are we doing for communications up in the northern states? Right now at North Central States, uh, the big thing we're redoing right now is going through and uh, rebuilding our website. So that's going to be the place where we start. Uh, we need to better define our trades through our website. We need to be able to better communicate. Our jobs board, which is important to everybody out there that the 28,000 members we represent needs to be front and center. People need to be able to find these without clicking around the website. So those are some key priorities. We're reaching out to people, and uh, whether it's reps, whether it's apprentices, who can tell us exactly what they need. And those apprentices who are talking to, to people like Sean on a day-to-day basis um, are telling him things that they need, and we're reaching out across the council with reps in every state and uh, other employees and who deal with members and uh, admins for locals who are on the front lines there uh, for communication who know uh, what people need out there are, are going to be weighing in here. We're going to have some, a couple of meetings that uh, talk about the content on that site, and we're going to start building there. And that's a big key piece for us um, to start. That's where we're going to drive all our initial traffic from. Uh, and then we're going to build up our communications, uh, one, with our newsletter, and two, uh, we'll be doing more of a push out to the business reps in our six states to bring us the stories of the carpenters, the millwrights, the pile drivers, cabinet makers, uh, the interior systems folks. Those people uh, have a story to tell, and they do some great things, one, in the community, uh, and two, uh, on the job site. And that's one thing that really goes undetected by the average person uh, right now. Our carpenters, our millwrights, our cabinet makers, all of our trades spend an enormous amount of hours out in the communities volunteering and uh, doing community service activities. It's, it's incredible the amount of hours we log on a yearly basis and a monthly basis, um, but we have to tell that story and make sure that people are actually seeing us out there in that community. So that's a big uh, piece that we're trying to undertake right now. We also have a major campaign coming up across the UBC on uh, wage theft and tax fraud, and you'll see uh, all of the councils ramping up uh, against that. So we'll see advertising coming out of that. You'll see an entire campaign uh, that's wrapped up across our council as well as all the councils across the United States. That's awesome. That's good. Now, you had spoken about job boards earlier. What's a job board? Job board is a place that we have uh, on the website right now where – uh, employers can call in or uh, talk to a rep like Sean and say, hey, I'm looking for 10 millwrights. I'm doing a, a shutdown and I need 10 millwrights for a week so I can get this equipment back up and run as fast as possible. And if Sean, uh, one of the ways that Sean might go about filling that is to post it on a website where people can access it. Um, they may they also list it in our, our 2020 mix uh, staff also have access to that, and they keep track of that. So if anybody's looking for a job out there, uh, we have phone numbers and we have a website that will connect them to employers uh, to get those jobs, as well as reps. Uh, business reps are, are really a frontline resource to getting people back to work who are not working. 
um, or who are just taking some time off. So those are real key areas. We want to make sure that we're helping those employers get those jobs filled as fast as we possibly can. And uh, there are people who are interested in, in either changing areas or, or working in a different field or moving to a different area of the state uh, for whatever reason. We want to make sure that they know what's out there in that market that's available to them, as well as the general public. If you're looking for a job uh, and you want to see what these jobs are paying and what type of benefits they have, those job boards talk about how much you're going to put in your pocket on an average hourly salary, as well as how much your salary is with your benefits broken down by each individual hour. So it could say, for example, $40 an hour uh, salary, and it might say if, if your benefits are another $16 an hour, it'll say 50, $56 an hour uh, benefits package. So you have the whole thing. You can look at what's out there. So it's it's for people who are, are looking for an opportunity to grow and build, and uh, it, it, it tells you everything that's out there. It also lists whether that job is part-time, full-time, uh, what shift, if it's an overnight shift or a day shift, uh, if there's weekend work or overtime work, or if they're looking for somebody permanently or temporarily, uh, if there's an ability to grow that job into a permanent job, it's all listed right there for people. Now, do they have to be a member to view this page, or is this open to the general public? It's open to the general public. They can click on that link and see the jobs that are open. So if you were in the Minnesota area and you're thinking about making a move over to the UBC, whether it be for the uh, pile drivers, millwrights, carpenters, you can actually look and see just what kind of a demand you are in, right? Absolutely. It, it's going to list at least all of the areas that are hiring and all of the employers who are looking for people to fill their jobs uh, right now on construction sites in, in, in and around our six states. That's got to be a, a great help. That's got to be a giant help. I know People that are nervous in our area about pulling the trigger, are they aren't always real sure how much work is out there. They, the general public doesn't know that we are 10% short on millwrights. I mean, we, we are 10% short. We are missing 10% of them. We also have a mixed 2020 board that's stationed actually in Nebraska, but those are people who answer the phone and help get uh, all of our members placed back in jobs immediately uh, when they're out. And uh, like I said, with the market as good as it is, uh, that turnaround time is really fast. And one thing that we have a great uh, ability as far as just being a member of the UBC is we have the ability to work in Iowa. We have the ability to work in Minnesota. We have the ability to work in South Dakota, anywhere that we need to go. So I could see how that would be a great benefit. Uh, if me, and I'm thinking maybe a little bit selfishly, maybe there's a job that I haven't been on that I'm very interested in. You know, hey, go up there. This uh such and such mills going on you know it's very interesting it'd be something to be able to to dabble in i always brag about how fortunate we are here in the midwest with having a very diverse network but if you had somebody that was out east or out west that didn't have that ability to be able to see some of these facilities they can go yeah our job board does also list whether they're looking for an apprentice or a journeyman there's opportunities for people to grow that's right there in front of their faces they can take that and use that as an opportunity to grow relatively quickly even outside of our six state area if you're interested go to the website you don't have to know how to navigate the website you can go to our search uh, element there right there on the website and search the job board so where do they find the job board it's at uh, northcountrycarpenters.org uh, that's the name of our website. You can also look up uh, North Central States Carpenters, and that'll be the first uh, link you get. And just to be clear, you have more than carpenter jobs listed. 
We have all of the all of the fields that 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 we have. All of our industrial locals uh, could be posted. We could be posting uh, millwrights, pile drivers, um, carpenters. Some people, some uh, employers will look for just people doing steel stud uh, framing. Some people are looking. Some uh, employers are looking for people who are more of specialized in just hanging drywall or into mudding, mudding and taping and that sort of thing. So it'll it'll. It'll be more precision-based when you look at that job board. It'll tell you exactly what they're looking for. Awesome. This has been a great interview. Well, thanks for having us, Don. Hey, we really appreciate it. You guys made the drive. That's <laughs> incredible. Six hours. You betcha. That's incredible. Worth every minute. Man, I, I, I'm tickled. Thank you very much. Um, it's been awesome having somebody here that's not straight from our local. This is great to be able to have people to come in here and uh, be able to share what's going on nationwide. So never know. Stay tuned. You might have somebody from the West Coast. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, it's it's good to network. And really, when it comes down to it, that's what the union really is, or a network of resources. Uh, somebody's not just working out there on their own. They have business reps to rely on. They have our whole, our whole group to be able to help them along the way, whether that's working in their own area or they want to come on down to Bettendorf and work. I, I can get a hold of Jimmy and send them on down. And that's one of the great things. Wherever the demand is is where the flow is going to go. So it's amazing. Unfortunately, right now, it's everywhere. Fortunate and unfortunate. Yeah. You know, it's fortunate for the workers, unfortunate for the business representatives. <laughs> <laughs> I, know it's been, uh, I know it's been tough trying to get them filled at that 10% shortage. Uh, so come on down. Get a hold of whoever you got to get a hold of. Look, look to the trades. Thanks, Jeremy. No, thank you, guys. Thanks, Jeremy. Yep. Well, this has been a 2158 production. If you have any questions about joining the UBC, the millwrights, the power drivers, the carpenters, anything that you uh, are interested in, go ahead and seek out your your local representatives uh, they're there to answer the questions for you this has been a 2158 production if you have any questions or comments about future episodes go ahead and contact me jay stevens at 2158 training.org thank you again